Hi, I'm Tama Lundquist with Houston Petset. I'm co-president with Tina Lundquist-Faust, co-president of Houston Petset. And we are here today with Miss Mary Warwick from the TWRC Wildlife Center. I have to make sure I get those letters yeah. right. So Mary, thank you for being with us Thanks today. For me. And we also have Woodson the Duck. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure all of our guests and friends are wondering what he's doing here today. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the TWRC and how you got started and Woodson or however you right. want to start? Um, so TWRC has been around since 1979 um, and they started out as a loose affiliation of rehabbers because uh, wildlife rehabbers at the time were just doing things out of their houses and they would have to have their phone number out there and people would have to come to their house to drop off things. And so um, that got a little concerning. So they decided to do like a phone phone bank um, that people could take turns answering. And so it started out very small. Sorry, Woody. And then, um, and then it kind of started growing and they said, well, maybe instead of just taking turns, we want to, you know, have a little location where people can come. So um, they opened up a, a, a trailer in the town and country mall for a while. And then wow. they finally got a, a small building and then that got too small. And now we're in a, a center off of uh, Hammerley Boulevard and we've got about 5,000 square feet and have education animals in the building. And we also uh, rehabilitate a lot of our baby animals, our baby squirrels, our baby opossums and our baby birds. at the center. So do you get calls with people saying, I've got this animal and it got into my attic and he's got a hurt paw or something. Can you come out and get him or can I bring him to you? I've captured him. What, this time of year, we yeah. get we had about 50 calls a day um, 50 like a day. that. Um, yeah. So it's all, you know, uh, it's wow. this time of year, mostly baby calls, but uh -huh. a lot of uh, injured calls as well. Wow. And we can't unfortunately yet come out, but that's one of our next goals is to uh, have an ambulance and have people that can oh. actually go out and pick up yeah. animals for people. So you will accept animals, yes. but you, you just can't go out and get them. Right. Right now they bring them to us. Yeah. So do you take in everything that people bring to you? Yeah. If, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, if there's another place that's closer to them or something that, um, or a, a rehab, another rehabber that we think would fit them better, we will refer them. I see. Um, so do you have fosters? Um, we still have home rehabilitators mm -hmm. for for the older animals and, and um, some babies. Some people like to do babies at home. So we still do send out animals wow. to uh, home rehabilitators. And once they're rehabilitated, do you welcome them or bring them back into their communities then where they were found? Or are there ever any cases where you have to keep them forever? Right. Great question. So um, some animals are very territorial. like um, So hawks. Mm -hmm. If it was a hawk that's over a year old that could have possibly had a mate since they mate for life, we always release them back where they came oh. from. So hopefully they can find their mate. Um, if it's a first year hawk that hasn't found a mate, it can be released anywhere. Okay. It just depends on the species. But um, but if necessary, you know, we do get all the information uh, so that we know uh, where they were found so we can release them back. Uh, do you do large wildlife? like? What if somebody has a deer or? We don't do deer. That's a special permit. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And um, we just don't get that many calls about deer mm -hmm. um, in the city. So um, we don't do deer. Um, we currently don't do coyotes. Um, and we send bobcats to uh, one of our home rehabilitators. But we're looking to get a larger building next year with outdoor caging that we can start doing that. Are you a nonprofit? Yes, we're a, a nonprofit. And so, how do you fund yourselves? 
strictly by donations. Mm-hmm. We write a lot of grants. We uh, raised $60,000 last year in grants to uh, improve our hospital. So yeah. we went from a small vet room to a full service hospital that we can do surgery and um, mm-hmm. uh, blood lead, all kinds yeah. of uh, things right there on site. So are there any animals that haven't been able to go back out into the wild that you will keep for the remainder of their lives? Yes, uh, Woody is is one of those. Um, So unfortunately, we didn't uh, raise Woody. He was found as a baby um, and his mother was nowhere to be found. So a member of the public raised him and she did a good job um, raising him. It is illegal to raise wildlife uh, without a permit uh, because they do have very specialized diets and yeah. special things you need to do so they can be released. So that's where she missed the mark. She uh, raised him by himself. And so he uh, became imprinted on humans. Mm-hmm. He's, he doesn't like to be around ducks and it's not safe for him. I don't know why that's funny. That's funny. But... Yeah, <laughs> it is funny. And he really, he thinks he's a human. So. Um, it's unfortunate for him because, uh, yeah. you know, he really should be out in the wild. That's where he belongs. Yeah. But it's not safe for him because he's not afraid of humans and he's not afraid of dogs. He doesn't have that natural instinct like um, he should. And so um, so he has to stay with us as an ambassador animal. Does he know when you're talking about him? I don't know. Oh, does I he know commands? He's very curious. No, um, mm-hmm. but we... Um, we have 20 interns this summer that are working with us and we're going to have some of them do some um, uh, training with him to give him some stimulation and some interaction. So I want to go back a little bit. You said, you know, he's been imprinted by humans. Is there not any kind of genetic code in wild animals that says this is what you do? Do they, I guess the environment is, is, is more important. No, than so that it dep- again, it depends on the species. So, okay. like a squirrel or an opossum, um, especially squirrels. Pretty much, no matter what you do, a squirrel is going to be a squirrel. Really, they are very, you know, they they are on guard all the time. Something's going to get them. They know their prey, so they're always watching out. So it's very easy once we've raised them. We put all of our animals in outdoor caging to make sure they're ready to be released. They're foraging, all that kind of stuff squirrels like two days later they are squirrels they they got it it. ducks and geese on the other hand part of their survival is follow mom Mm -hmm. because mom's on the go from day one so um that's part of their instinct is to uh imprint on something but normally they imprint on their mother he imprinted on a human unfortunately so um that didn't work sense. out very well for him. Does he get lonely then, do you think, for his species? Is there any way to tell? Does he follow you around? Does he want to be with a human? He wants all to the be time? with humans. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he enjoys that love and that company mm-hmm. still, even being a wild animal. Right. He still enjoys that being close and he right. looks right. Looks like he loves you. It's um look at him. It's still not in his best interest. I can't tell you how I, sad I guess, it makes yeah. me. Nope. You know, we um I have a, a pond behind my house and there are wood ducks that live out there. When I see him, I just think, "Oh, I wish I could send him out there." Yeah. But he did at one time get away from me when I first got him. I had him in an outdoor cage um before we moved him to the center, and he did flutter away from me and go over to the pond and kind of looked around at the ducks and he's like, I- "I'm out of here." And he just <laughs> came back and walked through the wrought iron fence and and came back. To Does me. he ever get to get in water, like a bathtub? Or we a have pool? a huge, uh, fifty-gallon uh, pond yeah. for him that he swims around in, and he, you know, ducks uh, oil their feathers. They have oil glands. They oil them, so he's um, 
water watertight, so you can just see the little uh, drops go off his back, but he loves to play in the water. So will he ever be a daddy? Will he ever, so he doesn't, he no. won't, because he doesn't like other dogs. Well, and, and we don't have a mate for him. We wouldn't want to okay. breed him because uh -huh. then those babies, you know, would they be good outside? You know, right. you, you don't want to intentionally have something right. that's meant to be in uh, a captive animal yeah. so it, for native wildlife. Right. So, so you do you keep him away from female ducks? Or well, he's he's in an enclosure in our center. So I see it. Really he doesn't get, get to any. What other animals do you have at the wildlife center right now? Um, so all of our animals are non-releasable animals. That's why we have them. We have a Virginia opossum. Um, so we like having her because um, people can see her up close and see how um, wonderful she is and touch her and see how soft she is and how clean she is because they kind of get a bad rap. Yeah. Um, what is the bad rap that they get? So people think they carry rabies or they're dirty or they're aggressive. Um, so they will open their mouths and look threatening. That's their first response sure. to um, because they are a prey species. They'll try and act scary so that you will go away. Um, but they typically don't bite. So their next response is to faint or play yep. possum. And so, so um, which for dogs is usually a good thing to do because the dog wants to chase them. And so they'll just pass out and then they're done. So they literally pass out. Yeah. They're not so just they playing. can't, they're not playing. They uh, cannot rouse like the themselves. fainting goat? Kind of like, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they play possum and then, um, but so. But and deer then, do that too, right? Baby deer? Yes. That's, so it's, that could be more serious only, though. Cause yeah. that, that can actually kill deer deer can die from getting stressed and fainting and fainting okay yeah so. but i thought baby deer do that when they when they don't have their mothers oh yeah <clears throat> they just hunker down but yeah. okay go ahead with the possum so um virginia yeah a virginia possum so um them, them being the only marsupial in north america we like to you know educate mm -hmm. people about what makes them special mm -hmm. and the fact that they eat ticks and all kinds of things yes. from our yards you know make them really good um neighbors to have mm -hmm. so i have one that and i think it's the same one probably but probably at night so. he crosses uh, crosses the road in front of my house mm -hmm. and he runs so fast mm -hmm. and he's got a little spring in his step yeah like i thought he'd be kind of young yeah, but he runs and then he hops over the the flower garden edge and then he goes, he takes off really fast through the um, bushes. But I just thought he was so cute when I watch him do that. He's got the same pattern every night. Yeah, and they typically do yeah, hit the same yards every him. night. I think I should name him. Yeah. I just wonder where he's going too, I guess, to get other bugs. and. Yeah, and they usually will, like, will go to a water source and okay. back to where they sleep or something like uh, that. I mean, we've yeah. got couple that come in our yard every night. So anytime after dusk, we have to go out with a flashlight to make sure it's all clear before we yeah. get our dog out. And my neighbor has a very low pond um, oh, or okay. fountain. So I bet he's going there to yeah. get water. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you have the Virginia opossum mm -hmm. and what else? And then we have an Eastern screech owl. Her name's Iris. And she um, was brought to the center as a little owlet. She was about the size of a big cotton ball. Um, and one of her eyes didn't f fully develop. And backing up to the opossum, one of her eyes didn't develop either, so that's why she couldn't be released. Okay. So that's why we have her. Um, and then the owl's eye didn't fully develop, and this was 12 or 13 years ago, and we didn't know back then that owls could still hunt with just one eye. Uh, we thought they needed both for depth perception, but we found out they don't. Um, so we, we have her at the center, and she goes out to different events, and um, she's the smallest raptor we have. 
uh, in Texas. So we like to show people how small wildlife can be. You don't know they're there. Mm -hmm. You know, screech owls are all over in Houston. People have them in their trees and they just blend right in. People don't even know that they're there. Um, And then we have a red-tailed hawk. His name is Pico. And he was a first year hawk and we think just barely out of the nest and went to try and get um, chickens through a chicken coop and got his beak caught in the wire and popped off his top beak oh. um, and it, to the point where it will never grow back. Yeah. So um, we have him and uh, then we have various snakes and toads and tortoises, um, things like that. So it's a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you nice. sell tickets like a zoo? Can people come no, out and look? People can no. just come to the center. Oh, um, wow. So there is a chance if they come that everybody will be out for an event, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but uh, when they're there, people are more than welcome to look and mm-hmm. we'll come out and talk to them about uh, who they're looking at and why they're there. And, right. Um, right now we have an interesting creature. So um, the avian flu has come to Texas recently. I don't know if y'all have heard about that, but it's um, a virus or a, um, yeah, a virus that gets into first the duck population and the geese population and then spreads to uh, raptors, owls, hawks, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And eventually usually gets into the songbird population mm-hmm. and it's very deadly. Um, not very um, transmissible to humans, this strain, but the, the strain's very deadly to birds. So we sent the hawk to my house to live to protect him because if somebody comes into the center and they have avian flu on them, you can carry it on the, your shoes, you can carry it on your person if you have a bird at home with it. So we're afraid somebody will come in that has it on them and they will get it. Woody's also living at my house right now and the screech owl's living with somebody else. So we had a free cage mm-hmm. and the Houston Humane Society, uh, along with the deputy constables of, I think, Precinct 5, um, did an animal cruelty case that involved a coati, which is a South American raccoon looking animal, oh, wow. and two South American armadillos. So mm-hmm. since we had the room, we agreed to take them once the court case was finished and to help place them. So we found homes for them at three separate zoos, but um, we're housing them until they're ready for them. So his cage right now, or his enclosure, has a South American coati in it. And wow. we kind of changed wow. things around and put branches in for her mm-hmm. and made a little hammock for her to sleep in. And so People are a little perplexed when they come into the center and they're expecting to see native species and they're right. like, okay, I didn't know we had these here. And so, yeah. you know, you get to- Where do so people get them? Unfortunately, um, you can go online and buy one. Uh, and uh, they're very cute when they're small uh, and they're very cute when they're large. But um, this Kawadi, even though she was raised by humans, um, she is very active. She's uh, almost got a primate quality to her. She will run run around her enclosure and jump from branch to branch and in the hammock and jump back out. If she were in your house, she would literally destroy everything oh, wow. that you had. Uh, and there's no, you know, you can't take that out of right. her. Ooh. That's just who she's she just, is. She's just doing her thing. Yeah, yep. she's just being a kawaii. Yeah. So. so we are about um, halfway through the segment and we have Mary Warwick with the TWRC with us today and Woody our little special guest, um, the little duck who lives at your sanctuary. So we're mm-hmm. so glad you're here. Um, yeah. Um, one other question um, for you, a bunch of other questions. I feel mm-hmm. like we could talk forever, but you know, Houston Pet said, and a lot of our rescue community is all about companion animals. So mm-hmm. we don't really get into wildlife. Mm-hmm. You know, of course we see it, but we don't get into it. How do the um, companion animals affect wildlife? And we're probably thinking, you know, that's a general question, but then also 
we have so many feral cats and so many stray cats and dogs. Do they affect wildlife? And, and, and if so, how? Mm, immensely. Um, dogs less so than cats. So um, um, the feral cat population is, uh, is a huge problem yeah. in our country. Um, cats kill 2.4 billion birds a year. Bill in, billion. Billion. billion birds per year in the United States alone. Um, they've caused the extinction of 63 species of birds. And these are domesticated, but feral cats, not domesticated, well, but they're, they're cats. They're not only feral cats, but people's cats, cats, yeah, people's cats going that live outdoors. And again, just like the Kawadi, you can't take that out of a cat. Yeah. That is their instinct to go for the birds. So you're not um, going to change the cat. We no. just need fewer cats. We maybe. need fewer cats outside. They're decimating our bird population oh. and changing. And what does that mean in the food chain? Well, it, it changes, changes it changes everything. Yeah. It changes the biodiversity mm. of what we have out there. It, it just has rippling effects all through the ecosystem. More in, in, insects, I would think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, without, it the, bir without the birds. Right. Um, and. And here, uh, close to home in particular, we have a, a special problem. In, on Galveston Island, we have piping plovers, which are, are very threatened. They're near extinction. Um, and they, they nest in Galveston. And their, their nesting sites get roped off to keep humans from going there. But Galveston also has a horrible feral cat population. Right. So um, it, it's hard to control that. You know? is, is there... Um, do you guys work with any of the local governments to talk about this issue? Do you say that you're dis this is disrupting an ecosystem, you know? Yeah, when we get a chance, when we're allowed mm -hmm. to, to meet, we, we do um, stress that, yeah. But um, what is the response? It's, it's one of those very political situations where, you know, there are people who um, are cat lovers. I'm a cat lover, I have two cats. I love them to death, they're my babies. Um, but they do not go outside. Um, right. And so uh, people have a hard time separating cat lovers from um, people that are cons concerned about the ecosystem and the birds. So a lot of people think, uh, think it's cruel to um, remove the feral cats or to euthanize the feral cats. And they, they um, think about what that might mean. But when you think about 2.4 billion birds, all of those birds felt whatever happened to them. That's a lot of suffering. Yeah. It's a lot of suffering. And and also, do you think that the feral cats thrive in their communities? Do you think that they're having good lives? I think they're suffering immensely. Yeah. They're just trying to make it day by day. So they're they're even though they're feral, they're not <coughs> probably not enjoying yeah. life. They have internal parasites, external parasites. They um you know, a lot of them get hit by cars and unfortunately survive. And then they're living with these injuries that they were not right. treated. Um, it's just a yeah, horrible they existence. They get attacked by other predators. Yes. They get attacked by other cats. Yeah, we see, we get the list from the shelters mm -hmm. and we see the cats that come in daily mm -hmm. that are on euthanasia list because they're injured. They're sick. Mm -hmm. They're, they look horrible. You yeah. can see the suffering in yeah. these horrible, these terrible quality photos. Right. And yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to allow, you know, these cats to continue mm -hmm. to live on the street and there's just, there's nothing but suffering. Yeah. And a dignified euthanasia is the best thing I think you can yes. do for them to end that suffering. That's, yeah. that's what I think we all want is to end the suffering that animals. Well, just knowing that they're out there, I guess we've seen enough where we sort of think 
that a, a humane death is better mm. than oh. suffering on the streets because yeah. they're suffering right. so terribly, mm. terribly. Right. And, you know, that's not always a popular belief. There's, and, there's and I think save, some people, save them at all costs. But Right. I think some people equate euthanasia with suffering, which is not. Mm -mm. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah. I think you have to come up against it quite a bit, both sides, the euthanasia, right. you know, to um, to kind of get the idea that euthanasia is isn't suffering right it's actually right. actually very humane sometimes mm -hmm. right. yeah yes do you want to talk a little bit more about woody he's got a little um like i don't want i won't don't want to scare him as you can see i uh, yes, wore this so i did nicely. i wouldn't um i wouldn't scare him with any bright colors uh, but yeah, um, i messed up <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry woody. but woody's kind of got bright colors oh, on so he does yeah, yeah does we match yeah. a little bit yeah. yeah and then um you probably match your uh, shirt better than mine <laughs> And these are his um, his breeding colors, and as I was saying before, he um, is going to lose all of these feathers in a few weeks and become brown with a white ring around his eye, just like a female wood duck, and then do this all over again and be fully feathered in beautiful colors uh, by the beginning of next year and and be ready for the season again. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, wow. it's a lot of energy to go through. To oh, one species. And you you look at him and is he's just exquisite, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So and then you think of the th hundreds of thousands, mil millions of species out mm -hmm. there, and they all have their own process. Yeah, it's just amazing. He's already Those lost feathers. some of the iridescence, but you can wow. still see some of it here. And then just the detailing, you know, it's okay, oh, it's sweet. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So the detailing in his chest, where like each wow. one of these little feathers creates a dot, uh -huh. you know. So. Wow. Could he fly away? Do you have to keep, are you concerned that he would ever leave and fly away? Um, no, I typically don't have, have him outside where I he see. could fly so away. So you have to keep um, him contained. Yeah, so he, um, he is inside our center, inside an enclosure. Mm -hmm. um, and we keep that enclosure locked so somebody doesn't accidentally, mm -hmm. you know, go in and, and release him. Um, and then if we take him to an event, um, he's inside an enclosure if we're outside because we just can't have them yeah. um, outside. So for people that think it's okay to bring wildlife into their homes, to have them as pets, what are your thoughts on that? Whether it's raccoons or sugar gliders or, you know, I don't know what the, the snake in the bathtub. Yeah. Alligators, mm. you know? Right. I think it's a horrible existence for the animals. Um, yeah. Even Woody. Um, so even though we're a wildlife uh, rehabilitation center we have to have special permits to have it to keep mm -hmm. animals as education animals so we have to um, apply to the state every time we want a new education animal and we have to have a very good reason why um, we would like to keep that animal um, it's very unfair for them to uh, be taken from the wild and be put in a situation where they can't do all the things that they would normally do right. You think they're going to be good pets, and then they're not, and then pretty soon they're living in a small cage, barely getting, you yeah. know, the nutrition they need. All these animals have very complicated nutritional needs, um, and and most people don't know how to, to meet those needs, and it gets very expensive mm -hmm. um, to meet those needs. So it just becomes very unfair for the animal and right. not, not the experience that people think it's going to be. There are a lot of animals out there that are nocturnal, and I think sugar gliders might be one of them. And people get them, and now there's this animal that's up all night while you're sleeping, and you never see it. And, you know, there are a lot of animal examples that are like that. Um, reptiles, and, too, aren't they very sensitive, like mm. sensitive to heat and touch? Right. And 
humidity and all of that. Like, well, and they have very specific needs for calcium and vitamin D mm-hmm. as well. They get bone disease. Um, it's called metabolic bone disease. And if they're not fed the exact diet that they need, they'll get very um, brittle bones that'll fracture. And they get all these um, little hairline fractures that are very painful for oh. them that you m- won't notice. Gosh. Um, and so again, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a thing about suffering. Leave so, it to the experts. Yeah. And it, you leave know, it to nature. Yes. Yeah, leave it to nature. Yeah, and if you, you know, a lot of these purchases are made, you know, just on a whim. Like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and get that. And then not realizing how complicated yeah. and everything. Do pet is. stores do a good job of educating people who buy things, buy pets from them? I think overall they do not. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some um, that do. But um, but overall, I, th- I think they do not. Yeah. Yeah, what, what can Houstonians do to keep the wildlife populations safer in in our community? Um, first, um, during baby season, nesting season, say from February until the end of the summer, don't trim your trees. Mm-hmm. Or if you need to, just trim a branch or something. You know, don't trim uh, yeah. a lot because a lot of times there are nests up there that you don't see. And now you've... Um, either killed or disturbed an entire family. And even though they could bring the nest into a wildlife rehabilitator, nobody can do that like mom can. We cannot uh, do exactly what she does. We do the best we can. So it's best for them to stay. And I know people want their yards looking nice and all those things, but you know, just just don't do it during the the breeding season, do it during winter. And then uh, your trees will be nice uh, when they start building this. keep your cats inside, build a catio. My cats love their catio, you know, uh, let them go outside and get some fresh air, but keep them away from wildlife. Um, check your yard before your dogs go out at night um, to make yeah. sure that everybody's out of the yard so that mm-hmm. there's no interaction that way. I had a, a Yorkie when I was in my thirties that um, killed a seven pound opossum in my backyard. Wow. The Yorkie did? A Yorkie did. Wow. Um, so, even those and the small dogs, you want to make sure there's not an owl or a hawk right, out yes. there Something at night, that could you harm know, them. or yes. a coyote right. in Houston. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I always uh, go out and clap my hands. Is that mm-hmm. a good thing yeah. to do? Is that yeah. enough? Um, or should we for opossums? I I like to just look, you know, to yeah. make sure because they don't really hear all that well, and mm-hmm. um, so uh, that that that's what I tend to do. Um, and then just uh, if if anybody finds an animal that they think is orphaned. Uh, make sure to contact a wildlife rehabilitator or our center, TWRC, or the Wildlife Center of Texas to, to make sure it's been orphaned. Um, yes. A lot of times bunnies are left alone all day from their mother and people think they've been orphaned and they kidnap them and take them into a rehabber. Um, so, you know, get online, call yeah. call one of us. Yeah. Um, there's a, a good website called Animal Help Now that will help connect people to wildlife rehabilitators. You know, not everybody is in our area, so we want to make sure everybody knows where they can get help. Animal help now? Animal help now. Okay, we'll put that on that. And um, that can connect them anywhere. But um, if they go to our website just to get information, um, we have a thing about how to re-nest birds. So if a, a bird falls out of a nest, mm-hmm. how to build a little false nest and put it up in the tree so the mom can still care for it, or how to check, you know, there's for every species, like how to check to see if it's mm-hmm. it, if it needs help or not. Opossums, once they're seven inches from the tip of their nose to the base of their tail, they're good to go. 
mom has shaken them off and she's ready for them to go. So, uh, but we get a lots of eight and nine inch opossums mm. in the center that yeah. are like, nope, you get to take that home yeah. now and put them back where you found them. Oh, so. so good. Such a great resource you're providing oh, the right. animals in Houston. Do you have another little guest with you? Are yes. you bringing that out? Yeah. So Ooh. I will. Um, Who's going to hold wood? Woodson. I can see Woody. I've just been sitting here hoping. Like, well, you match him the best. <laughs> yeah. We won't see him against I'm Hannah. I'm just going to steal him in this fire. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, one other uh, negative interaction that animals often have, domestic animals often have, is um, with bats. So we have lots of um, people with um, bat houses or... Um, with crevices in their neighborhood or house or whatever that uh, a lot of our crevice dwelling bats like. We have tree bats and we have crevice bats in Houston. We have about eight or nine species of bats in Houston. And um, and if the baby falls out of the nest, then often before anybody can see it, a dog or a cat will get it, which can be very dangerous for the dog or the cat since bats can be a rabies vector species. And so uh, another good reason to keep your cat inside because uh, you don't want them interacting with uh, bats. Um, this particular bat that I'm, I brought um, is a big brown bat and she's about a week old. Um, and she dropped out of the eve of somebody's house and could not be reunited with her mother. Uh, another bat rehabilitator tried to help reunite it, but it didn't work. She's not gonna fly out. No, they can't fly. She's a baby. And I'm not holding um, the bat with gloves or anything. I'm holding her with bare hands because I'm vaccinated against rabies. Mm -hmm. And she has very tiny little milk teeth and really can't bite me. Okay. So if she were an adult, I would have gloves, gloves on, uh, rubber gloves on and like gardening gloves on. Mm -hmm. uh, but she can't do much to me. Um, She's in there? Yes. So a grown bat. In Houston, all of our bats are insectivores. They're very small. They eat yeah. on the fly, you know, eat lots of insects. Uh, very good for our ecosystem. So you say eat on the fly, so they are up there just eating. Yeah, so that's why <laughs> they missed look. Me. What? You missed my invitation. <laughs> <laughs> They're going through the drive-thru. So that's why. She's tiny. I thought that was the bat. Well, she's <laughs> big compared to some of uh, them. Can you, that's why my eyes were so big. Bats I have. <gasps> oh, she's little. Little, yeah. little. Did you name her? Um, oh. The kids who found her named her Livy. Oh, Livy. Yeah. Like Olivia? So. Um, I need my glasses. She's pretty tiny. Yeah. Um, it's a small font. Look at her. They get such a bad ears? rap, don't they? They, they do. get such a bat rap. They do. So they, they are great insect eaters. Yeah. And, um, and very important to um, the balance, sorry, my fingers are kind of in the way, balance of our ecosystem. And I wish I had brought something I could feed her with. They, they eat in very interesting ways because they're so small, it's hard to feed them. Yeah. And so Bat World, which is uh, up near Fort Worth, uh, developed a system of taking the sponges off of eye makeup applicators and splitting the sponge in half and then dropping milk onto that, putting the sponge in their mouth and dropping milk onto the sponge. Wow. And so that's how we've been feeding Livy. And then I have uh, about 17 other bats, which are evening bats, which are much smaller, about half the size of her. It's nice that people also bring them that in. Way. They're so nice mm -hmm. to them. Now, what, now is she smooth kind of or is she fuzzy? 
She's smooth. She doesn't yeah. have any hair right now, hardly any Does hair. her look change at all? Yeah, she's so you a can flat. She's flat, and um, and they're kind of wrinkly when they're little, but you could see the milk in her belly. Oh, yeah. So that's how I tell when it's time to feed her, by the milk line on her stomach. So, so she's still full, she's so, so I wouldn't want to put... So you can actually see I, into her stomach. Yeah. She's that translucent. What kind of milk does she eat? drink now she's getting a little cold so i'm gonna put her yeah, back in yeah, her yeah, thing yeah, she's yeah. um they need about 70 percent humidity so good that and about 90 degrees fahrenheit temperature so i have a uh heated a little warmer in a there heater, uh, warmer in there um so that um bats are the only uh mammals that we raise that require some human formula they've developed animal formulas for most everything we do now but bats they haven't developed that yet so they get a mixture of a particular kind of similac and um, goat's milk and corn oil and extra protein is added in there and then that's the formula that seems to work and we're very lucky that bat world is around they've been doing this for a long time so they can teach us exactly mm -hmm. what to do and we don't have to start from scratch because that would be really hard to figure out over time you talk for the only mammals right that can fly is that right yeah yes yeah yeah incredible creatures yeah. Yeah. we used to have them growing up remember in yes. northern minnesota at night all the mm -hmm. bats fly and we our dad and mom taught us it was a good thing because yeah. mm -hmm. um you know, they ate all of the mosquitoes and, yeah. you know, kept those populations yeah, in check. Yeah, they kept them down. And yeah. we have millions of bats in Houston. I can't imagine what our insect population oh, would be like if right. we didn't. Um, the Wall Street bats are mm -hmm. free tail bats, and uh, they were hit pretty hard by the freeze a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. Yeah. So hopefully their, their numbers are, are building yeah. up uh, again. Mary, it's so. so good to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Best, best. I feel like we could talk forever. Mm. There's so much. Yeah. <laughs> we should do an um an on-site maybe um, oh, podcast sometime from the wildlife oh, center. It'd be fun to, to visit you. you and do something there. Maybe yeah, you we could can um, make that happen. Visit the uh, new hospital. Is it going with oh, yeah. See what we're doing there and visit some of our ambassador that animals. Would be so We'd love be to great. have you anytime. Yeah. I have a quick story. I looked out the um the window one night, like 10 o'clock at mm -hmm. night, and I see all this activity in the pool, and I think somebody's like jumped the fence. Two raccoons just doing laps back and forth. Really? It was the sweetest thing. I was like, what? I mean, do I send them a towel and a yeah. drink? I mean... <laughs> Welcome to the resort. I used to see so those raccoons. They lived in, I think this is possible, um, in the, the, the um, gutter. Like oh, I came, yeah, they was, go down. I lived next pictures, to her. Yeah. And so when I was coming home late one night, I saw these two eyes that my mm. headlights hit. And I was like, what is that? It was a little freaky after you uh -huh. see that movie about the kid in the gutter, yeah, you yeah. know, and the red balloon it, or whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, do I dare go and look back? I'm going to get sucked into the gutter. But no, it was just a raccoon. And he's just looking at me and I'm like, oh, wow, that's so that's so cool. He's and got his own little world. And that's he's why they make own. horrible pets. Well, like yeah, they can get anywhere night. and they're up all night and they can get into they're anything and get too. anywhere. They can be yeah. very aggressive. We grew up so. in the country and our, our dad always said, do not let the dogs get into it with mm -hmm. a raccoon. Mm -hmm. They're they're very aggressive. So yeah, yeah. yeah. got to keep them separate. Mm -hmm. All of them for, oh, yeah. for everybody's sake. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for Thank you sake. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really yeah. If somebody wants do. to look up, do you have a phone number or a website that they can contact you? We have a website. Um, mm -hmm. T 
twrcwildlifecenter.org. Okay. Uh, please go on and donate. We can always use donations. Yes. We don't get any federal, state, or city money. So oh, we're always yes. uh, looking for donations to help us take care of all the animals that Absolutely. we bring in. So important to keep our ecosystems balanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to educate kids about how important yes. it is to so respect, respect those animals. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thanks again, Thanks, Mary. All right.